As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. DirecTV gives you access to apps like Netflix and live sports right next to each other. I don't get it. Let me put it in pigeon terms. It's like that one amazing dumpster with the old fruits and cardboard all in one place. How am I supposed to keep up with illustrative metaphors when you are making me so hungry? Get live TV and streaming apps together without a satellite. Visit directtv.com. Requires high-speed internet-connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on DirecTV. Terms and restrictions apply. Late night Midnight on the interstate And I didn't feel so great Until I saw the city Welcome back to Straight from the Source with Michael Russo. Thanks, as always, for tuning in. My guest today, Billy Guerin, the Wild General Manager, uh, three-time Olympian, assistant GM for the USA Olympic hockey team. Hopefully, uh, we don't know yet 100% that the uh, NHLers will be going to Beijing uh, next February. Hopefully, we'll find out here by the end of the month. Uh, Bill has also won four Stanley Cups, two as an executive with the Pittsburgh Penguins, two as a player. He's in the USA Hockey Hall of Fame. Six most goals, actually, in NHL history. Uh, for U.S.-born players with 429 eighth-most power play goals with 130. Also, 10 hat-tricks in his career, seven different teams that he scored a hat-trick with. That's an NHL record. So thought it was to be a great time to get him on with the playoffs right around the corner. Uh, by the time this podcast, uh, by the time you're listening to this podcast, you might know uh, who the Wild are playing in the first round. Uh, the Wild will find out on Thursday night. Uh, if Colorado wins... Uh, the Wild will play the Vegas Golden Knights in the first round of the playoffs, starting on the road, either Sunday or Monday. That you might know by the end of uh, today, too, because the NHL is supposed to put out its uh, alternate uh, schedules at some point today, I believe. Um, if Colorado loses, the Wild will play the Avalanche in the first round of the playoffs. The Wild will start on the road. If they play the Avalanche, it'll be the fourth time in postseason history that they play the Avs. The Wild have won two of those, both Game 7-type victories. Um, the lowest seed... The low seed in this uh, playoff matchup between Colorado and Minnesota has won all three uh, series in the past. And obviously, if the Wild play the Vegas Golden Knights, it would be the first time in history. Not that we're rooting, but don't you think I deserve to go to Vegas? Uh, anyway, um, I might be rooting for the Avs tonight, I'll just say. Um Hopefully, uh, you'll enjoy this podcast with Bill. Uh, we get in on a lot of things. We'll talk about expansion. We'll talk about um, you know wh where he sees the state of the team. We'll talk about why Matt Boldy hasn't been called up. We'll talk about uh, Kaprizov and things like that. The one thing that uh, Bill uh, really doesn't want to get into, it's obviously a delicate subject, is uh, Zach Parisi. So, you know, we sort of touch on it, but, uh, but ver very, very little. Um, and uh, that will obviously be a topic for after the season. I mean, Zach Parisi has been scratched three games in a row. Um, my gut says that he'll probably play in season in last season in tonight's uh, regular season finale. But who knows if he starts the playoffs with the Wild get out of this game healthy? Uh, that's what it's become this year. It's amazing what's happened to Zach. Thirty six years old. Last year led the Wild in goal scoring. Entered the season as the t as the left wing on the Kaprizov Bukestad line to start the season, and then I think Benino eventually wound up at the center position, but Parisi stayed there. 
and it just never worked. And he slowly but surely fell down the lineup. And then, then he, uh, uh, what he says was a false positive, what he believes is a false positive for COVID-19. But either way, he hit the threshold that the league had to put him in protocol and he missed a couple weeks and he comes back. And first of all, the first game back, he's really a healthy scratch. He was only playing that night if Luke Johnson was taken off uh, waivers. He wasn't, so Zach didn't play that game. But then Zach finally got back in the lineup, started playing well. I think points and uh, six points in six games, maybe four goals in five games. And then his ice time started to take a turn for the worse. And now he's in a point where he hasn't scored his 200th goal with the Wild yet in nine straight games. He hasn't had a point and. Um, it's just hard to see. And you got to figure that this offseason, this is going to have to come to a head. He's got four years left on his deal. I don't know for his own sanity if he can continue to be this way. I mean, it's just amazing what has happened to him this year. Uh, you know, taking off the power play seven minutes a night, he became Luke Johnson waiver insurance. Um, and now he's being probably put into the final game of the regular season as insurance to keep somebody else from getting healthy. So, um, it, it's, it's a shame what's happened here. Um, but obviously Dean Evison and, and Lily Guerin are going with the lineup that they feel at least, uh, gives them the best ability to, to win on a nightly basis. We'll see, uh, if that changes here with Zach, but I've got to think that this is a very, very tough time for him right now. Um, team had a pretty good homestand, a lot of exciting games, uh, in that homestand against teams like St. Louis, Vegas, and Anaheim. Uh, then they go to St. Louis, on uh, Wednesday night, and they they lose four nothing. They were way too loose in their own end. Felt like they were in sort of do not get hurt mode, but they've made a lot of the similar mistakes that they've made lately. And then offensively, for the first time since March twentieth, they were shut out, but they had plenty of chances uh, to to get goals against Philly. Who so? And maybe it's a different game if they get goals early in that game. Uh, the other little concern here is is Cam Talbot. Uh, another game where he gave up four goals, and I know that you know he made a lot of great saves, and he felt like it wasn't your typical. Four Four goal against game for a goaltender, but this is now six straight games that he's given up at least three goals in a game. He's given up 24 in his last six games, and he's probably not getting the start in the season finale. I would assume Capo Kakinen is. So he's going into the playoffs, not playing his best hockey in the wild. Remember, one reason why they feel that this year is going to be different in the postseason beyond the fact that they even have Kirill Kaprizov in their lineup is that their goaltending has been much, much better this year with both Talbot and Kakinen. So they're going to really need a against either the first, the top scoring team in the NHL, or the third top, third uh, best scoring team in the NHL, Colorado or Vegas, they're going to need their goalie to be very, very good. And so uh, the Wild will be relying on Talbot to, um, you know, g- get back on track. The other story, um, and again, if you're not a subscriber to The Athletic, please go to, the, to theathletic.com slash straight from the source to get in for $3.99 per month. Um, I'll spend that uh, double that probably today on a couple of Americanos. So hopefully you'll join. But once uh, there's been a lot of really cool uh, features in the last couple of weeks, but also a lot of gut wrenching features. Uh, you know, the the one I wrote on Pierre Roscoe and his relationship with Stefan Provo last week uh, really was one of the most touching stories and heartwarming stories I think I've ever written. And it's one of the stories I'm most proud of. Um, the story that I wrote on today that I hope everybody reads is um, today is amazingly amazingly, the 10-year anniversary of the death of Derek Bugard. And, um, you know, he lived a mile from me in downtown Minneapolis, as all Wild fans know. Um, I was very, very close with him. He was basically a contributor to my old blog at the Star Tribune, Russo's Rants, because he essentially every single day would say something inevitably that was so funny or so colorful that I made it almost a center centerpiece on on my blog at the Strib. And, um, you know, it was just a devastating uh, night when I found out that he passed away. And I had a report on that story for the Star Tribune. Well, it's been 10 years. I talked to his uh, brothers, uh, Ryan and Aaron, his sister, Kristen, his mom, Joanne, and his dad, Len, for this story. And it's sort of um, a story about, you know, what they feel was the real Bugard, but also uh, what happened to him the last couple of years and how um, he went from somebody that uh, was this, uh, you know, just loving, great guy um, to somebody that started to um, you know, almost self-medicate with uh, opioids and alcohol, and um, and then we find out months, months, months later after he died that he had a real advanced um, version of CTE and it was the beginning of, of major brain damage that could have really affected him if he was still alive today, uh, devastatingly. Um, so it's a story of how he became the boogeyman. But it's a story about just how much his family doesn't want him to forgotten, 
how much they absolutely loved him and they tried to give a glimpse of what the real boogeyman was uh, the person that i got to know uh, and that was just a great great guy and um you know somebody that was it was very very different than sort of the the tough heavyweight that intimidated and and put fear into his opponents on the ice but um you know, just a tremendous guy, and and I hope that everybody uh, gets that sense when they read this uh, Derek Bugard story in today's Athletic. Um, again, and if you're not a subscriber, you can go to theathletic.com slash straight from the source and, and get in and, and read uh, all these stories, especially with the playoffs coming up here. I think that, um, you know, there's been a lot of heavy stories lately in The Athletic written by me. Um, uh, it'll be really cool if I can write some happy stories here coming up, and maybe that will have to do with the Wild actually being successful in the postseason. Uh, without further ado, though, let's hear from the architect of the team that's going into the postseason for the general manager of the Minnesota Wild, Billy Guerin. And as mentioned uh, at the top of the show, USA Hockey Hall of Famer, uh, also the assistant GM for the USA Olympic hockey team, hopefully. Uh, hopefully the NHLers will wind up in Beijing next year. Uh, but most importantly, the most impressive stat that Billy Guerin has, besides your Stanley Cups and your 400-something goals, Billy, is you had 10 hat tricks in your career, but the most in NHL history for most teams, you had seven hat tricks, seven different teams that you had hat tricks on, if that it makes all sense. Uh, except for the Pittsburgh Penguins, though, shockingly enough. Yeah, Crosby never passed enough. So it was, <laughs> I, sorry, I was never able to get one there. <laughs> you, you got a couple cups, though. Four total, but a couple as a player. I'm sure you take the cups over yeah, the hat tricks. I'd take day. the cups over the hat tricks. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, so absolutely. So, uh, so it's pretty funny, actually. On, yep. on that, it was uh, one year when I actually when I played here in St. Louis, I scored a hat trick against San Jose, and then San Jose traded for me, and then I scored a hat trick later that season for them against St. Louis, right? Again, no, against okay. It was against Chicago. Okay, but I it, actually it was the one and only time I got a penalty shot in my in my career. For uh, for a hat trick goal, wow, that's pretty neat. Yeah. By the that way, cool. uh, I've got to tell you, I never knew that St. Louis could look so good. I love the background of your your hotel room there. So. Yeah, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's pretty cool. I got a great view of the arch. It's, yeah, uh, yeah, it's really neat. Yeah, that's yeah. pretty awesome. Um, so really uh, exciting news. Just as we were starting to record this podcast, is that the uh, NHL has put out alternate schedules for the playoffs. Obviously, by the time this podcast is out, Billy. Uh, we'll know, uh, or we won't know yet. Uh, we'll know in a couple hours after this podcast is out who you're playing in the first round of the playoffs. But either way, you guys start on Sunday afternoon on NBC, whether it's in Vegas or Colorado. Um, tonight's game, how, how, you know, you've been in this situation where you, you, you suit up and it's a meaningless game. You know that you're locked in third. You, it's not up to you who you play. How, how difficult is that for a player to, to play a game like tonight? Yeah, it's it's definitely a weird spot uh, for the for the players to be in um, because you're 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 definitely looking ahead at this point in time. You're looking towards the playoffs. You're looking towards you know something bigger. Um, you don't want to really. I mean, it's it's a little more difficult when there's nothing to play for. Uh, I, I do think when when the when the puck is dropped, the the guys you know they're their natural competitiveness comes, you know, comes to the forefront and they, and they play hard, but, uh, it, it definitely has a different, uh, a different tone in the game. Do you, uh, as a GM tonight, I mean, do you almost hold your breath with every hit, with every block shot, with every, you know, I mean, the goal tonight, I'm sure is obviously to play well and to get a victory, but the real goal is to get out healthy, right? Yeah. We, we just want, we want to make sure everybody gets out, uh, healthy and um you know what we just want to make sure that the guys get what they need to 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 be prepared for the playoffs and um you know that's that's the bottom line but it, it's yeah that the, the player's health is uh is first and foremost um obviously the the i think we get dean today at five and this this podcast should release to be released or right around then. Are you able to kind of give us a glimpse of what the plan is for tonight? Uh, if you'll call up any taxi squad guys or, or put in Hunter Parisi. Yeah. Some, some guys are going to get an opportunity from the taxi squad. Uh, you know, uh, I believe hunts hunts and Zach are both in. Um, so it, it'll be a, a good opportunity for everybody. 
Can you say who you'll take out? Uh, I guess I could. <laughs> I'm not, but I'm not going to. Okay, um, <laughs> we'll find out at five o'clock. Uh, yeah, but, yeah. You but I mean, be a little more patient with. Yep. If if you pull guys out though, is it is it is it more is it because they're banged up or is it just to protect certain no, assets? No, it's just precautionary. Yep. I think just you know what, there, there's there's no reason, and and it's just uh, you know give give, give guys a, an extra day of rest too. Mm-hmm. Right? You know we're gonna we're gonna be going every other day here, and not that that's really different from what we've been doing for the last few months, but. Um, you know, things just ramp up during the playoffs. So, you know, if we can give guys an extra day of rest, then, then, then that's what we'll do. What do you make of last night's uh, game, Billy? Uh, You you know, tons of chances offensively. It felt like in the, in your own zone, you were a little probably too loose. Some, you know, obvious missed assignments that probably are easy, easily correctable, but, um, but I'm sure that you weren't overly delighted with the loss. No, I mean, you never are. Um, and you know, I, I think there are times in the year where you really just have to have, uh, you got to give the guys a little bit of a break, you know, and not be too, too hard on them. Look at last night could have gone either way. We had some great a chances like early on in the game where I, I I really think we could have been up three, nothing. Um, Mm -hmm. and their, their goalie played, played fantastic and, and had some, uh, uh, you know, made some great saves early. And I, I think your, your assessment's right. We were extremely loose in the, in the defensive zone. It didn't seem like we were really engaged in there. So uh, I'm sure Cam was really frustrated too. That's what we were kind of saying last night that he, if he's pissed off, he, he should be because we, we didn't really help him much. But um, that being said, like right now, like let's just, let's just put that behind us and, 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 you know, focus on tonight and then we'll focus on, on, you know, our first round matchup. So, um, you know, we just got to try to stay positive, even though we, we didn't play great last night. Yeah. Let's talk about your uh, first round matchup. It's almost like, be careful what you wish for. Right. I mean, if, if you, if, if you get by the first round, you're probably going to run into that other team in the second round. So you're in a tough, tough division with these two teams that you're going to probably have to face here in the first round. But I'm, I'm sure that, look, that's, that's what you expected when you wound up in this division to begin with, that you were going to have to go through these teams. Yeah. Yeah. You don't, you can't try to pick your opponent and you know, we don't, wish for one team over the other it's we're we're, we're going to play a good team and you know what if, if we if we're fortunate enough to to advance and we're going to play another good team and it's going to keep on going uh you know when you get to the playoffs you, you just don't play weak teams that, that that's the bottom line mm-hmm. and and we have it we do we have a we knew it going in we have a very strong division um you know the teams at the top are are two you know two of the best in the league and then you know, St. Louis is, uh, you know, I mean, as we saw last night, they, they have so many guys on that team from their Stanley Cup team. Uh, they, they know how to play in big games. They know how to get ready. They're not, they're not, uh, you know, they've had a different type of year. It's been kind of weird for them. Yeah. They're a very, they're a very good team. I agree with you. And, and you know what, I, I who knows what's going to happen in the first round. So I, I think the four teams that, that are in the playoffs are, are, are all deserving of it. And I, I think the, the first round matchups are going to be great. Yeah. Um, would it be wrong if I, if like, if say you play Vegas in the first round, don't you think I should maybe go tomorrow, pre-scout the city for a little bit? You probably should. Yeah. You I think so should. as well. Maybe yeah, hit I mean, it's, I mean, I, yeah, it, you always need a little, little extra time to do good scouting. Yep. Get adjusted to the time zone and the dry, <laughs> yeah. the dry air yeah. and all that type of stuff. There, yeah. Yeah. There is the time stand still in Vegas. Right? <laughs> exactly. Leave your watch, leave your watch at home. Yep. Exactly. Um, I got to ask you about, I, I know that you like, sometimes I asked Dean about Kaprizov and you just like, or all of us asked Dean about Kaprizov and you could almost see in his face, like again, uh, you know, I gotta, t- I gotta, you know, sing this guy's praises, but, but I do want to ask you about him. I mean, um, you know, like I remember talking to you before the season started and we're talking about Kaprizov and, you know, leveling down expectations and there's going to be an adjustment and all that type of stuff. And, you you never really do know, Bill, like how a guy is going to come over here and adjust, even though he's a, you know a, a seasoned pro at this point from the KHL. 
but you've just got to be, you know, overwhelmed, uh, overwhelmingly excited about the way that it almost feels feels like midseason. He just said, you know what, screw it, I could, I could be a star in this league. I don't need to just tread water anymore. And he just, he just took off. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, of course, I'm, I'm thrilled with the way he's come over and and acclimated to, you know, to life in the NHL. I, I think it's, um. You know, I think it's been great for him. It's been great for us, great for our fan base. And yeah, we, we, I mean, Hey, look, we, uh, we all want to find, uh, you know, diamonds in the rough like this, uh, when, when we're sitting at the draft table and, and Kirill, you know, the, the weight's been worth it. You know, he's been, he's been producing, um, he's had a tremendous year. Everything's gone really, really well. And, uh, hopefully he can, he can, uh, continue that and, you know he's he's a great kid. His teammates love him. It's yeah, he's he's been a great great addition to the team. Like he really has. It really it almost feels like he you know he gives you guys a, that element that this t- this team has historically lacked. Bill, I mean, I remember like to me the final straw for me was in in 2018 and when the Wild lost to Winnipeg in the first round and that that core that the Wild tried to build with for many many years to take this team to the, another level, they, they sort of failed again. I mean, Coyle, Niederreiter, Zucker didn't have a point in that postseason round against Winnipeg, where now all of a sudden you guys come in and you're this deep, balanced team with a couple game breakers, uh, an incredible uh, line center by Erickson Eck. It just feels like there's lots of different elements of this team that could be the beginning of something that's a, a, a perennial contender. Yeah, I, I think we have some... You know, I mean, hey, look, I like all our players, and I think you're right. I think our depth is something that that's that's really uh, uh, been a, a positive thing for us. We have four lines that, you know, anytime you throw one of our lines out there, you're never worried about. Them. Like we, there's, you know, different elements to each line, but um, you know, we're comfortable with with each one of them. It, it, we have good depth. We can play against anybody, and I think that's that's a a nice thing to have. You know, to have a couple. Uh, you know, we, you know, in, in having Kirill and having Kevin, um, you know, kind of be these young and upcoming offensive uh, stars is 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 great. You know, our our uh, you know the play from Erickson Eck, uh, Felino and, and Greenway's line has been unbelievable. Uh, you know, Zuc- Zuccarello's had a, a good bounce back year. Um, there's there's a lot of positive things. You know, Broads is having a, a, a really a good year his best offensive year ever and i just you know there there are a lot of positives uh that being said you know we've had a great year we've had a really good regular season the true test of where we are is going to be now it's the playoffs you know what this we've made a little bit of noise um and and i i think opened some eyes during the regular season but coming up this is when it really happens this is when if you want to make your mark and if you want to say, you know, we've kind of arrived, this is the time to do it. Yep. It makes absolute sense. And I know wild fans would be absolutely loving that, uh, Bill. Um, let me ask you, you mentioned how, uh, you know, you alluded to the fact that you don't worry about what lines out there. You know, similarly, I've got to think that you feel that same way about your blue line. I think that you identified in training camp that that you really wanted to stabilize that third defense pair. Um, a couple games into the season, after the first game of the season, in fact, you uh, actually during this podcast was when you when you uh, were making the Ian Cole trade. Didn't give us the scoop on the podcast, I might add, but uh, nope. I, I think you did get a phone call from Joe Sackick that I think he sent to voicemail. You said uh, during the podcast, but uh, but remember you were yeah. out in L- you were out in Anaheim yeah. when we did that podcast. Yep. Just on yep, it, absolutely. But, but I mean, you really think of the way that Ian Cole has uh, fit in like a glove, Billy, um, and really put you in a position where you know I think Carson Soucy now looks like he could play a long time in this league and. Um, and now if, if Dean's in that position where all of a sudden, you know, you ice the puck and McKinnon's line comes out there or Mark Stone's line comes out there and Cole and Susie are out there, you're not freaking out that your third pair is out on the ice against those type no. of players. Yeah, no, we're, we're, we definitely are not. And, and, you know, Cole, Cole's, he's been, he's been great for, uh, for our team, you know, just, he's, he's a, he's a real big culture guy. You know, and and he's really stabilized that third pair. He's helped Seuss out quite a bit, and you know, with 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 so few people in the arena, you can really hear the the 
the, the chatter that goes on on the ice and, um, and, and Colsey's really helped, uh, Carson by just talking to him on the ice, letting him know who's coming. If he's got time, you know, where to, where to put the puck, things like that. And they've become a really good pair for us. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's super important, you know, especially with, with, uh, the teams that we could possibly be facing and, yeah, that that's going to happen too. Like, there's going to be an icing. They're going to be out on the ice against some of the top lines, and and we're we're really comfortable with that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, by the way, I wanted to thank you from the beat writers' perspective. Uh, both Dane, Sarah, and myself want to thank you for all the new guys that you put on this team because they're all like absolute quote machines. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, every yeah, one of them pretty good. Every yeah. one of them, like Cole, Johansson, Bonino, Talbot, uh, Bukestead. I mean, they're all just yeah. great quotes. And that's, you know, as you know, Billy, that's the most important thing about a hockey player. Yeah, oh, well, for sure. For sure. And you know what? I, I do think it says something to their their character. They've always got time. Mm-hmm. You know what? They're good. They're good guys. They're good people. They're, um, you know, they, they, you know, they, 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 they give time back to, uh, you know, to, to the media, which is important. I think, um, you know, they're not afraid of it. They're, they answer to it when, when they're not playing well. And, um, you know, they're, they'll, they'll be available for you. So I, I, I appreciate when they do that. In a, in a super, super tough year too, Billy, right? I mean, it can't be fun for these guys to every day have to be dragged to a zoom video and also know that, you know, like a lot of times when you shoot the breeze with a player in the locker room, you know, not everything's broadcast to the world. Now it's like, you know, you, you've got to make sure that you're saying exactly the right thing or like one, one little slip up becomes a viral, viral thing. Yeah. I mean, that, that's, you know, these zoom things are just, they're for everybody. It's just getting old. You just want, you want some good old fashioned human interaction, you know, to talk face to face to somebody. And, um, you know, I, I think it's it's probably right around the corner, but um, yeah, I mean the guys are doing as best they can. I know everybody's. I know you guys are too. It's just you, you know everybody would love to be back in in uh, you know press rooms and locker rooms and yeah. stuff like that. But it's yeah, they they've all done as well as they can. I yeah, I, it's yeah. funny. I, I'm smiling, Billy, because I remember when we were shooting the breeze a couple of weeks ago. We were talking about those old Pittsburgh locker rooms where you know the reporters would sort of huddle around you or Maxine Talbot and just laugh their ass off, just listen yeah. to you guys chat, and that's the type of stuff that you miss. I wrote the yeah, story I, today, Billy, on on Bugard, and that's what I used to love about him. I used to go up to his stall and honestly lean against the wall and just have my notepad in my back pocket not even out and inevitably something hilarious would come up and the next thing you know you're writing it down it turned out to be a really fun story yeah well i think too that's where you know not just for quotes and things like that i think that's where the relationships are growing. absolutely and you, you and you get to know each other and you know it's it's i i think it's i think it's really important for the players to to have a good relationship with with the you know the the media and 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 be available to them and have some, some level of trust. And I think that that, that's something that you can really only do in person. I mean, it's, it's much harder to, to build those relationships when you're, you know, just stuck on a zoom call all the time. It's, I mean, it's just the way, it's just the way we are. Yeah. It's very, very difficult. Um, let me ask you, uh, Matt Boldy has gotten off to a great, uh, start in his professional career down in Iowa. Um, seems to be scoring every night, multiple points every night. Um, how excited are you with the start to his career and, and, um, you know, and getting up here potentially for the playoffs? Yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I'm happy for Matt. He's done, he's done very well. Um, you know, it's, it's, uh, you know, another step in, in the right direction for him, you know, career wise. And, uh, you know, I, I, I'm sure a lot of fans would, would really love to have seen him these last couple games, but you know, I just, I feel it's best for him to just, you know what, stay put, stay where he is, continue to have success, continue to, to play big minutes and, and produce down there. And, um, you know, Matt's time will come, you know, he, he, it will definitely come. He's, he's going to play in the NHL. He's going to play for us. But, uh, the last thing we want to do is just force feed him. And, you know, we, we, the other thing is too, like, we have a lot of guys that have been here all year and haven't really got to play a lot of hockey. And we, you know what, we're thinking of them too. You know, mm-hmm. they're, they've been really important pieces. 
this year and they're like our taxi squad guys have had an unbelievable attitude. You know, they have done such a spectacular job for us that, you know, they, they, you know, if there's a chance to get them in, like, like there is tonight, they, they deserve it. Yeah. Six goals, uh, nine assists. uh, So 15 points and 12 games there. And as you, as you, we, we talked about a little bit a couple of weeks ago, Billy, is that, that that really is a thing. Like I think wild fans, uh, you know, they obviously have a reason that they wanted to see Boldy in the lineup, but all of a sudden you're pulling guys from the lineup for no reason and putting this rookie in it, it one puts the kid in an awkward position, but it, it really could create a, an, you know, an uncomfortable dimension in that locker room that, that sometimes you do have to avoid. I mean, obviously if you had injuries, that's a different story, but yeah, but that's probably what you were thinking as well. Yeah. A hundred percent. I mean, you know, we're, we're, you know, knock on wood, we're, we're healthy. And uh, like I said, there, there are guys that, that aren't playing right now that are ready to go and they have been ready to go. So you know, how's it going to look if we bring Matt up and just stick him in there? You know, hey, guys, they're human. You know, they're competitive. They they want to play too. So I, I just think right now it's just, you know what, listen, I, I, you can look at other teams. You can look at, you know, his peers and all that stuff playing in the league and, you know, getting their games. And you know what, that's a different situation. Those are different teams. They have different, they have different uh, thought process. They have different roster issues. Um, we're worried about what's best for Matt Boldy. We're worried about what's best for the Minnesota wild. And, um, and that's it. I'm not concerned about what other players, what other guys in his peer group are doing. I'm worried about his situation with us. Right. And Billy's obviously talking about guys like, uh, Krebs and new hook and, and, and players like that. Uh, one of the players, uh, Billy, that, that also is, is waiting to get in uh, that you mentioned is playing tonight is, is Zach Parisi. You know, I, I know that a lot of this stuff has to be kept in house, but, but you're a former player that, um, you know, you're one of those guys, by the way, that I, I just noticed, uh, you didn't have a down last year. You, you scored 20, you're one of those guys that could go out and say, I scored 20 plus goals my last year in the national hockey league, which is pretty neat. Um, but, but how, how much sympathy do you have, uh, you know, for, for Zach and players like this, we saw gets laugh scratch the other night. Um, you know, that's happened a lot this year. Yeah, it has. It has. We, I mean, we've seen it around the league and, um, I have a lot of sympathy for him and it's not an easy thing and it's, it's a crappy decision for us to make and it's a crappy situation for him to be in. And I mean, I, I've been there and you, it's just not, it's just not great. And you know what? I give Zach a lot of credit. We we've talked, and um, he he's a real pro. And you know what? He just wants to he just wants to help, and he wants to be a part. So um, you know, I'm not going to go too too far into it. But Zach's been he's been awesome. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24/7 U.S. based live customer service from Discover. Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Bill, uh, Billy, uh, let's see. Uh, one thing I got to ask you about is how much, like what on an everyday basis, so like are you thinking about expansion or are you, is it way too early? You're just focused on the playoffs right now. It kind of goes in, uh, kind of goes in stages. Like, and holy then, crap. You know, what are we going to do? Yeah. Like yeah. these decisions and oh God, we could lose this guy. We could lose this guy. But then when we, we sit around talking about it and we realize how much time is still left, we're like, ah, you know what? Let's just, Let's do something else. Right. <laughs> let's, let's think about something that, uh, you know, we can, we could really, uh, uh, you know, do something about now. So, um, we think about it, we talk about it. Uh, we have some ideas, but you know, until we really get, get there, we, we, we're just going to have to be patient. How, how funny is it, Billy? Like, like I remember even just when you first took the job and we started talking about expansion, you know, you're just like, Hey, we're going to lose one good player. That's just the way it is. And then all of a sudden when you get into it and you realize how, how difficult this really is, like it could turn your brain into a, in a pretzel when you realize, all right, well, you could see how almost like 
three years ago, four years ago, you saw how many GMs were put in a position where they're like, you know what, it might be better for us to make a deal with Vegas. And, and because you look at what you're going to want to do this year and, and you might actually wind up being in the same position, Billy, where I'm not saying you're going to give up an Alex Tuck, but, but you might have to, to consider that as giving up an asset yeah. to protect guys. Right. Yeah. And, you know, in, in all fairness too, Alex Tuck today was not Alex Tuck, you know, mm-hmm. uh, all those years ago, it was, it was a different player. And I think it was a difficult choice that, that Chuck had to make. And, you know, what, you, you know, what, you make your decision and then you, and then you move on. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, yeah. And we're going to have to make a decision, you know, and, and it, it's going to be hard. We, we are regardless of what decision we make, we are going to lose a good player. And, um, but we'll have to, you know, like what get close to it, we'll have to work through it and decide what we want to do and, um, what our options are going to be and, um, and then make our decision and, and not look back. No, no, makes sense. Um, and, and the media will never look back. I promise you two, three years from now, we won't, we won't, <laughs> yeah. we, won't yeah. we won't, we won't second guess. We won't no, hindsight's no. 2020. Exactly. Yeah. I'd like to stick some of you guys in my chair for a couple of days and see, see what the uh, genius plans you guys come up with. No, it's exactly right. That would be my you dream. Know, I, by I the way. love it. Just, just trade this guy or trade that guy or trade this guy or trade that guy. And it's like, you know what? <laughs> You need a you need somebody on the other side to to want to do that too. It's just not can't force anybody to do it. it I would just love it. Yeah, no, trust I'd like, me. I'd like your job for a couple of days. Yeah, um, I'll, yeah, no. I mean, it, how funny is it? Like any media person that like that our job is always to be you know critical or or analytical. You know that the second we're put in that chair, we would freaking like panic in a second. So yeah. I remember uh, when I first started working after hockey and, and uh, I was, I was at a game in Pittsburgh and I was sitting next to Ray and uh, to Ray Shiro and the period was over and there was a player on our team. He was really struggling. He's like, what would you do with this guy? I'm like, I don't know. I think I'd probably move him. He goes, well, you can't trade the whole damn team. <laughs> like, you know, it's just, it just doesn't happen like that. Like you just don't move guys like it on a whim. Like you just, I don't know. It was kind of a funny little lesson for me where you just, it's, it's, it's not just that easy. Yeah. No doubt about it. Uh, especially someone like me, I'm so impatient. Half the, I remember <laughs> who was it? Uh, Oh, I remember it was Erickson Eck. Like I remember like four years ago, I would have moved him for anybody. I remember like getting into these debates with Brent Flair about him and, uh, and you know, yeah. here we are four years later and I bet the well, Flyers. Four would years be- ago. How old? I mean, yeah. how old is he? Four years? He, yeah. That, that's the thing. Like, you know, oh, trade this guy. He doesn't get it. Trade that guy. He doesn't yep. get it. You know, when you, when these guys are drafted, like go, go, go take a look at a, a, a normal everyday 18 year old kid or 19 year old kid or 20 year old kid. All right. And then stick them in the national hockey league. Yeah. You know, walking around town, if you see a kid, he's driving around with his buddies or whatever, he's a 19 year old kid. You're like, Oh, what a goofball, you know, like, okay. (laughs) And then take that kid and make, he's a national hockey league player. Like these guys, like a lot of times, like they're, they're kids. Yeah. And they're, yeah. they're, they're, they're in a man's world and they're expected to act a certain way. It's a, it's not fair. You, you have to be patient with them and, and, and let them grow up a little bit. It's, it's really tough, but it's, it's something that, that, uh, you got to try your best to do. Yeah. I remember, um, when the wild extended, they gave, um, Spurgeon a three-year deal like either 225 or 275 I think it was and I remember on the phone with Chuck I'm like what are you doing <laughs> and now he's the yeah. captain of the team and another yeah. guy you know last night that I was thinking about uh Billy was watching Scandella on the ice Scandella is another guy I remember years ago I'm like I would trade that guy and here he yeah. is 10 years later and he's still in the league and you know he, he's yeah. had a good career um yeah I mean it's just it just shows you you gotta you gotta be patient in your role because I'm sure there are times you walk out of the arena and you're on fire with how a player played, and if you yeah. acted on that emotion, he'd be gone by the morning, uh, you know. And and yeah, that's- yeah. And, and I'm I'm 
I'm an emotional guy. And yeah, there are some nights where it's just like, you're just fuming, but the, it really is. The best thing is to just go home and sleep on it and Mm -hmm. just wake up the next day and try to try to just give yourself that time to, to let yourself cool down and, uh, you know, not say anything stupid or do anything stupid, but there, there are times where, yeah, you get frustrated because everybody's competitive, but I, I always try to look back to my own career too and try to remember some of the nights where I wasn't very good or how frustrated my GMs and coaches must've been with me. And you know what? You want to grab a guy and talk to him and tell him to do this and tell him to do that. But I always think back to like my GMs. Okay. Did my GM ever say this to me? You know, no. Did he ever do this to me? No. Did he ever, you know, threaten to trade me or anything? No. Like, so those are, those are things that I try to look back on my career that, that Mm -hmm. helped me kind of just take a step back and, and, and just chill out. Didn't you say that the, the, you know, one of the, Best things that you did this season was after that one Vegas game that you were really upset the team blew is that you just left the arena and walked back to the hotel, took a stroll and chilled yourself out and then hung out with the yeah. coaches when they got back to the to the hotel. But you didn't you didn't even make the trek down to the locker room after that game. You just left. No, and to be honest with you, that's one thing that I've really liked about this year. Like when we're on the road, I don't go down to the locker room. I haven't mm-hmm. been down to the locker room. Like tonight, it's our second game in St. Louis. So, you know, we'll be out of the hotel. Um, and so I'll, you know, I don't have a hotel room to go back to, right. so I'll go down to the coaches room and just pop my head in and say hello after. But like last night, um, I didn't even go down and, and, and meet with them after, uh, uh, what we'll do is like, I'll, I'll order up some food and, and some beers and stuff like that. And, you know, the coaches will come up to my room after the game and we'll meet up here. But by the time they get up here, it's been you know, close to an hour, uh, since the game's been over and they've had a chance to cool down. I've had a chance to cool down and we can really just talk about things, you know, with, with a level head, uh, over a beer. And, and, and I, I found it really helpful because after, after the immediately after the game, it's just too, it's just too emotional. It's just mm-hmm. not a, it's just not a good time because you know, Dean, Dean and I had a really good discussion. Um, you know, we were kind of arguing about certain players and certain things. And I, I really think where I watch the game from, you, you, you lose a lot. You lose yeah. the, the emotion of the guys. It's just too easy up there. And kind of what we, we thought about is like Dean's focus. Dean doesn't watch the game like I do. I watch the game like a scout. So I'm I'm picking apart each individual player. I'm seeing like system breakdowns and this and that. Dean is coaching the team. He's looking at different matchups. He's looking at PPs and PKs and all. So we're watching the game differently. So after the game, a lot of times our our, our opinion on players and uh, you know and and the way the teams played can be quite different. And I, I think that one conversation has really helped our relationship uh post game yeah well i noticed that when i covered that game in la a couple weeks ago uh billy and just finally being back i don't know if uh if i showed you where we sat but we sat like lower bowl like in the yeah you know where the celebrities sat there yeah and i'm telling you like you know that it was just a it was a good reminder to me that man the game is easy in the press box it is slow you see every passing lane every shooting lane and 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 you just you don't realize how little time and space these guys have to make split second decisions it's not really i always it's not really fair yeah it's not really fair for that's why i love watching the games at sweet level because you're so much closer to the game you're so much you can you can see facial expressions you can see the quickness of the game a lot more you know when you're way up top it's just uh you know, it's, it's just so slow. And yep. like you said, you can see all the passing lanes and, oh my God, why don't you just give it to yeah. that guy? Well, yeah, like, what are you, you know doing? What are you thinking? Because you got a six, five defenseman that can skate bearing down on you and he's going to, you know, you, you feel yeah. pressure. So it, sometimes you just got to take it uh, with yeah. a grain of salt. You know who had the best sight lines in the NHL for press box back in the day where you started? The yeah, Meadowlands. Do you remember the, where we the, sat? 
it was amazing. Yeah. It was like the most expensive seats in the house. Exactly. And, and it was right behind the two bench, the, the yeah. team benches, right at center ice. Like seven and rows was, of like. It was incredible. Yeah. Like of I mean, revenue just thrown out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I remember cool. Lou, Lou used to sit there. Yeah. And he used to sit right on like the, the last row of the press area, mm-hmm. right on the corner. And he, that's where, that's where he would sit. Yeah. By the way, when uh, you guys have these uh, post-game uh, get-togethers, how how many times does Dean walk in the room and say, "You wouldn't believe the stupid question Russo asked tonight"? Uh, we've done that. He's done that fifty-five times, <laughs> <laughs> and there's only been fifty-five games. That's not good. <laughs> oh man! Um, Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with twenty-four-seven U.S.-based live customer service from Discover. Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. DirecTV gives you access to apps like Netflix and live sports right next to each other. I don't get it. Let me put it in pigeon terms. It's like that one amazing dumpster with the old fruit and cardboard all in one place. How am I supposed to keep up with illustrative metaphors when you are making me so hungry? Get live TV and streaming apps together without a satellite. Visit directtv.com. Requires high-speed internet-connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on DirecTV. Terms and restrictions apply. Billy, let's see here. Um, here's a good one uh, that you were just sort of talking to. What does an average day at the office look like? I'm sure it depends. Uh, this is from the dog father, by the way. Uh, what's the daily decision-making consist of? What t- what takes up your most time? Um, you know, I'm sure that every year it's it's different, right? Like, I'm sure right now it's slower than it was the weeks leading into the trade deadline or the weeks leading into the season. Yeah, it really depends on on the the time of year. You know, when when we start up and we're getting going, we have to make sure that that you know that that training camp set, rosters are set, uh, travels set, all those things. So we do a lot of like uh, you know a lot more group meetings, things like that. During the summer, there's there's a couple weeks where it'll be really hectic leading up to uh, free agency and the draft. Those get really busy and they're they're much longer days. Um, you know, I, I, I won't lie to you. Like right now it's, it's kind of slow. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as for the, like the day-to-day operations, just because where we are, there's, there's no trades being made. There's, um, you know, there's just not much going on in that kind of, uh, in that part of the job. But right now, you know what, preparing for the, you know, the travel during the playoffs, you know, um, we're actually we're going to have some uh, some amateur scouting meetings. We'll have some pro scouting meetings uh, during the playoffs, and it's just really trying to look ahead. So, I mean, honestly, the the hours I could be in the office for three hours one day and nine hours the next. It mm-hmm. really depends on on where we are during the season. By the way, uh, like, what is Joe Brackett's, uh, Judd Brackett's uh, year been like, uh, bec- and and all your scouts? I mean, this has been an odd year. I'm sure Judd just felt refreshed down to, to get to Texas. I assume he was there for the under 18s last uh, last couple of weeks. Uh, um, you know, do, do you feel like the, this is going to be a very odd draft for these guys? Um, yes and no. Just because you know the restrictions at the border, uh, you know the Ontario League not playing and limited games with Quebec in, in the Western league, but uh, you know what? I, I had such great confidence in Judd and, and, you know, Rico Pearson and, and uh, the, the rest of the staff, they, these guys just, you know what? If, if there's a game around, they're there and they've worked extremely hard to make the best of a crazy situation. And um, Judd, Judd's awesome. And um, he's, you know, he's super smart and, and um, the, I know we're going to get a couple good players and it's, it has been different, but they've made the best of it. And they, they have been working as normal as they can. 
By the way, I was talking to a buddy of mine that knows Cape Cod really well the other day, and uh, and he mentioned he's he was talking to me about restaurants he loves there, and one of the ones that he mentioned was the one that was one of the two that Judd owns with his brother. I guess the Port, um, is yeah, a famous Cape yeah. Cod place. Uh, that, yeah, uh, if I heard you, it's yeah, I heard it's wicked good. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Really good question from Lake Martin, uh, Billy. Um, y- y- he goes, uh, what has been the one or two changes you've made behind the scenes that you feel have had the biggest impact on the performance of the team or the perception of the team? I mean, remember, we, we all thought this was going to be just this Ooh. year of transition. Um, what are the ones that you feel that you've made? It might have had the impact that maybe a lot of us have almost glossed over because of our love affair for guys like Kaprizov. <laughs> hmm. Wow, that's a behind the scenes that nobody would really know. Oh boy, that's wow. That's a really good question. Yeah. Um, Lake should be the reporter. To, yeah, he's much better than you. <laughs> um, he, you know, I, I, I think. Wow, that's a really good question. I, I, I think some of just the. Um, I think just some of the attitude things, maybe the, the try to try to change the way we view ourselves and the way we think and the expectations of our, of ourselves. Um, and I don't think that that's anything that, that I, it wasn't like with trades or anything like that. I, I think it's just a, you know, nothing real tangible that you can like see or really, it's just, it's just an expectation level. Thing, and, a, yeah. and a, yeah. And a, and a, a, a thought process of confidence and things and things that I felt that things that I felt that we really needed, like, you know, there, there have been some good years here and, and there have been some things that, that like real positive things that have happened over the course of 20 years in Minnesota, like great things, but I just feel we need to start thinking of ourselves on a bigger stage, on a mm-hmm. bigger, uh, you know, we're, we're the, we're, hey, look, we're the, we're the premier, I've said it, we're the premier hockey market in the United States. We got to start acting like that. Right. Like it's, it's, uh, so I think that's kind of, I, I mean, I think that's. Yeah. Well something. said. I mean, yeah, you said last August, if we don't make changes and everything's going to stay the same and clearly yeah. you went out and did that bill. Yeah, and I, I I think that that to me was you know part of the the attitude and the expectation and and it's no disrespect to anybody that that was here uh, before or you know players management whatever there's been a lot of great things that have happened here yeah but it it's needed to it needed to change and yeah that it, you know we're not there yet. We still have to get better. Mm-hmm. Um, th- this is a question. This is a comment from Kevin that I never clued. He he just let me know that, and and do you know that you were the first dollar bill? Like he said that uh, he goes ask ask Bill if he remembers going to Deneen's hockey school in Connecticut when you were with the Stars, and that Deneen used to start call you Dollar Bill because you signed that big <laughs> contract with the Stars. I had no clue. Yeah, Gary Deneen. Yep. Yeah. My. Uh, my mentor, yeah, the, the Gary Deneen Hockey School. It that, was uh, it was the best. That's that's awesome. Who knew? I always thought Dollar Bill yeah. Carrill was just only Carrill. Apparently, he stole the nickname from you. Um, <laughs> Finn says, "Is Billy G okay that we always call him Billy G?" Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah absolutely. My it's so funny, but like when anybody calls me Bill, it's it's really weird. Yeah. Like like even like my wife. Somebody calls me Bill and I answer. She'll kind of like look at me and be like, "It's it's Billy. It's it's Billy." And all my friends call me Billy G. Everybody yeah. like from from a young age. A couple more minutes with Billy G. Uh, Julio says, uh, "After signing Fiala, Eck, and Kaprizov, will there be any more money left uh, for free agency and things like that?" I mean, that these are going to be big ticket items, right? Yeah, it, it's <laughs> it's gonna yeah, it's gonna be it will be difficult. How much? How much has the year that Eric Sinek has had in particular forced you guys to maybe redo your modeling? Is is that fair? Well, let, let me say this first. It's a good thing. This is a good thing, and 
Um, we, we, with, with projecting out, you have to have a couple different, different plants and, you know, different things can determine how much a player makes. And, you know, I think, you know, term is, is one of those. And, uh, you know, so as we go along, maybe we have to change our thinking and, 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 uh, in terms of term for the contract and, um, there are a lot of different things we can do. So we just have to get creative and, and, you know, but these are good problems to have. Is all quiet pretty much on that front right now? Like in other words, table it for the off season or is that stuff still ongoing? Yeah. Yeah. We can. Yeah. XB's agents, my old teammate, Claude Lemieux. So yeah. we can, we can, uh, I, I, I know how he thinks. Yeah. Yeah. So well, I'll have to be, I'll have to wait. Yep. He did lose one of those two, uh, one of your RFAs. You saw that, right? Didn't Fiala have him, and now he doesn't have he, – he now he went to Newport, I think. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I'm sure that's a great subject. For, that. Yeah, yeah. Um, Quoteless Jones, this is a great question from an Avs fan. The Ian Cole trade, can we have a do-over? No. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, let's see. Russo Slacks wants to know what the hell is wrong with the Twins, Billy. You have your, oh, I I don't know. <laughs> you have your I, hands full. Honestly, I I don't know. Yeah, yeah um, I got my I, I got my own I got my own issues. Yeah, exactly. Um, just flying through here. Um, here's a good one. Uh, you know, John John Cummings asked something that's been you know it's it's a uh, it's one of those 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 players that just either love him or you hate him if you're a wild fan, but that's uh, Victor Rask. Um, you know, uh, you guys made – Billy, you know, I thought Dean really said it well the other day, is that last summer, Bill, that you guys as an organization sat down and said, we've got to give this guy a chance. Um, and clearly you've you've given him that chance this year. I mean, he's played, you know, with your top scorers. He's played on the number one power play, um, things like that. What, what was it about Victor last summer that made you guys say, you know what uh, – We've got it. We're paying this guy. We might as well use him. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you what. And, and I, I, I'll be honest with you. I hear some of that chatter and, and it, it does, it bothers me. Mm-hmm. It bothers me because, you know, I, I guess he was traded for a popular player. Um, and that, that's fine. But you know what? When Victor Rask got here, he had no chance. He had no chance. He was buried. He, they they wouldn't play him, um, you know. And this is a guy that that had fifty some odd points in the league, you know, a few years before. And you know, if you're not playing and you're not treated well, you're going to lose confidence. And you know, to be honest with you, he got he got dumped on for a year and a half. And that's that's not fair. That's not right. And just to say this guy stinks, he doesn't stink. He's a damn good hockey player. He's been centering our best line for most of the year and he's produced. And you know what? I, I just think the way that, that, he, that he was treated here at the start really, it really affected him like in, in a negative way. And Dean and I talked about it and we're saying, you know what? Roddy Francis, who's one of the brightest hockey minds out there, gave this guy a hell of a contract and he saw something in him. And for me, if Ronnie Francis likes you, there's something there. And you could see it. You could see his skill in practice. You could see his skating. You could see his hands and playmaking ability. And we we're just like, we have to get something out of this. We're paying him four million bucks a year. Let's give him a shot, like a legit shot. And you know what? He's been awesome for us this year. And he's produced. He's been, you know what? When he went on our top power play unit, it turned around. And he's had a big hand in, in, in our power play being much, much better than it was at the beginning of the year. So, you know, uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm sick and tired of people, uh, you know, crapping on Victor Rask. He's a good hockey player and he's done a lot of good things for the Minnesota Wild this year. That's good stuff. Um, uh, I, I raised to ask this question, but uh, has Greenway shown you uh, the kind of growth and maturation that you wanted to see this year or, or do you feel he's tapered off a bit? Oh, he's been, he's, he's, his goal scoring has tapered off a bit. I mean, I think he's still leading our team in assists. Um, but no, you know what? Greeny has really taken a step and, you know, has 
prosperity, his professionalism, getting ready to play every day, not just every game day, every practice day, working at his game. Um, and you know what? I, I think we've seen it. I think we've seen the consistency. It, you know, hey, look, we always want more. We can always, he can always get better. Um, and he's still young and I think he will, but yeah, he's taken a really big step this year and it's, it's been awesome. Cool. Uh, a couple fun ones to close off here, uh, Billy, uh, 100 watt Jones, who's a local band in town. Uh, uh, oh, nice. Really, yeah. Yeah. Um, if, if you were starting an NHL franchise and could choose any retired player in their prime as the first pick, who would it be? Oh my God. There's so Yeah, I know. I mean, I, you know. Okay. So I won't pick like Gretzky or Lemieux or, Anything. I always said this when I was playing, but like, so it's a, one of my peers, a guy that I played against, Peter Forsberg. Okay. Awesome. I love Peter. Peter Forsberg was a tough guy to play against. He was, he had like, you know, he had everything, mm-hmm. you know, he had skill, he had grit. He was, he was tough and he could hit. And I just thought he was, uh, he was just a great player. Here's a great one. Noah wants to know, Billy, do you have any hidden talents? Do I, have any I, should hidden get talents? I should get Kara on here. Yeah, ask Kara. I, you know what? I, I've, I've, um, I've become a pretty good cook. Have you? Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I love cooking, and um, I, I've become pretty good. That's awesome. I still would love to see like uh the, like any videos of like some of your stuff that you did with your kids during the pandemic like the like the you know t- <laughs> Tiger King uh dinner that you guys had and the you yeah. know things like that that stuff would be great. Um yeah. Uh Nomland asks, uh, do you have any plans to visit your place in Ocean City, New Jersey this summer? I'll be repping my wild gear on the boardwalk all summer. Would love Hell to yes. bump into you. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Nice. I I yeah, it's that's our that's our happy place, you know. We 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 go down as as often as we can, and uh, I love it. Can't wait for uh, my first pork roll egg and cheese sandwich <laughs> from from from, uh, from Blitz's. Yeah, it's, it'll be the best. Um, hey, one hockey question uh, that I just found: uh, Hockey Leaf wants to know, have you had any discussions about bringing Brennan Manel back to a contract for next year? <sighs> Uh, not for a couple months. I, I mean, uh, I don't know what's going to happen with that situation. To be honest with you. Okay, uh, John it's W. Yep, John W. Has uh, how has Billy and his family adjusted to life in uh, Minnesota? Have you? I mean, have you gotten out to the outskirts of Minnesota yet, or that's just sort of tough during the time that we're living in now, and also the, the fact that you're so busy. Yeah, I mean, we can't really. What do you mean, like the outskirts? Like, like, like you know, out, out like of, yeah, out of the Twin Cities, kind of explored, um, explored the state. I mean, I, I've been up to like Brainerd and things like that, and you know, but not since we've uh, lived here. But um, we've gotten around the Twin Cities. We've done a lot, um, and I'll, I'll tell you what, we love it. We are having a, we are having a blast. We love living here. Um, we, you know, we had some friends just, you know, through the hockey world that. And and then you know friends of friends and we we've we've really the, the whole family's adjusted well my kids um, for kind of being in and out the whole time uh, they absolutely love it uh, I, I there's just so much to do too like you know in in this you know the spring summer and fall the lakes are you know great for you know for boating and fishing and swimming and this and that and then they freeze and then you can use them for that yeah, you know, with yeah. that um, you know it, yeah we're we're you know, restaurants are great. The, you know, that whole scene is awesome. Yeah. The, we're, we're having a blast. Like, and my, all my kids really, really like it. Um, my son loves it. You know, just all the hockey stuff, my son and, and Darby Hendrickson's son have become good buddies. So then, you know, and then Liam's playing, he's playing, uh, in, uh, the North American league in New Mexico with, uh, for Stan Hubbard's team. And they're a bunch of Minnesota kids. He's actually lives with Bob Moscow's son. So him and, and, and uh, Mac have become really good friends. So that's awesome. Now, now they have this whole network of, of friends and, and it's, it's just really cool. 
Yeah. Your, your, uh, your son's a, a beauty. I remember uh, when I did that sit down with your family, I think at the St. Paul hotel after you were hired and I, I, I like we, we were breaking up and I said to, I think I said to your, to your, uh, I think I said to, to Liam or, or somebody, I'm like, uh, can I just get like one family picture of you guys? And he looks at me, and goes shirtless or not shirtless. Yeah. <laughs> you have no idea what yeah. a beauty this kid is. It's, yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's not, it's nonstop. It, it's great. <laughs> He's, he's, yeah, uh, do, yeah just, they're all funny. Yeah, Dylan says, uh, "What's your go-to appetizer or drink when you're at a restaurant or a bar?" Oh, uh, go-to drink is uh, Tito's Martini, straight up with a twist. Appetizer, ah, uh, well, it depends on what kind of restaurant you're at. Yeah, um, but it's, um, yeah, I, I, uh, I love going out to dinner. That's yeah. one thing I've really missed. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, uh, yeah, I can't wait. Yeah. Last question. Paul wants to know what was your brand of six pack after games? Bud light. Bud light. Nice. Bud light. Yeah. Very cool. <laughs> Actually, he here- says it was a six pack. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Good point. By the way, Eric goes, uh, does Bill, this is how much everybody in the state of hockey just wants to hang with you. You're, you're such an everyman. Eric goes, does Bill want to hang out with me and have some lunch? <laughs> would absolutely do yeah. that yeah He's social media yeah yeah social media you gotta love it uh yeah, yeah. Do, you, do you by the way do, i mean do you how much like do, do, you, do you talk to these guys about social media your players and the be wearing you know that just be wearing it because man you know it, it's starting I, to get on it's get, starting to wear me down on an everyday basis you know what um I used to, when I was in player development, so I, you know, like this is 10 years ago now, like, and Twitter was just starting to come out and all these different things. And, and we're like, we really warn the guys, like, be careful putting yourself out there. Like, you know, this is, you know, your image and, you know, it's, but now it's, it's just so much a part of their life that, um, you really just got to trust them. But yeah, you know what? Don't, don't put things out there that are going to like, you know, they're, that are going to get you in trouble or, you know, you don't want to just be careful getting like, you know, political or anything like that. Just, just, just be careful. Like, yeah. you know, don't, you know, we tell our kids that all the time too. You gotta, you gotta watch it because once, once it's out there, it's out there. Yep. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. Yeah. Hey, Billy, this was a lot of fun. Um, I told Sicky I wouldn't keep you my normal length, so uh, we only kept you for 55 <laughs> minutes, not an hour and a half. Uh, uh, I, I, I honestly meant to keep you uh, lower, but you're so easy to talk to. So, no, uh, that's hey, fine. That's, yeah. yeah, this is good. I, I don't mind. Yep, I appreciate it. And uh, ho- this will be one podcast where I'm pretty positive you didn't make a trade during it. So, yeah, <laughs> unlike yeah. the last time you were on. So, um, by the way, uh, Billy's not the only general manager in the Hockey League on an athletic uh, podcast this week. Doug Wilson, the GM of the San, San Jose Sharks, will be Scott Burnside and Pierre Lebrun's uh, guest on the Two Man Advantage edition of the Athletic Hockey Show. That was actually came out yesterday. Uh, former Canuck Eddie Lack joins Craig Custance on the four, full 60. Thursday at The Athletic, and uh, check out our comments section for each podcast episode, The Athletic app, and rate and subscribe to Straight From The Source on Apple. If you aren't already a subscriber, go to theathletic.com slash straight from the source and receive a subscription for just $3.99 per month. Final prediction, Billy, am I going to see you in Denver this weekend or Vegas? I'm not making that. (laughs) You know what? If I don't want to, I'll tell I'm not answering that question. No prediction. Yep. Thanks, Billy. Thanks, Mike.